It's time for CBB365 with your hosts, Adam Hipsky and Patrick Dallahan. And welcome to a brand new episode of CBB365. Good week in college hoops. Uh, the storyline, mm-hmm. the headline you could say of this week, uh, a lot of upsets within college basketball. And we'll dive into uh, many of those, including Villanova. Uh, taking really their first, I would consider this their first bad loss because early in the season they took that loss to Virginia Tech and everyone kind of overreacted about it, not really realizing that Virginia Tech's a really solid team. So I would say St. John's, and St. John's is another team that you could really say that they might be, they they honestly might be a team that that's like Virginia Tech uh, where they open the season or when, when they do beat Villanova, they look like a bad loss. But St. John's is on a roll. Uh, mm-hmm. So headline in this one, uh, upsets galore. Uh, and we can start out with that Villanova-St. John's game. St. John's defeated Villanova 70-59. to That makes five wins for the Red Storm, including wins over UConn, Marquette, and Villanova. Posh Alexander, Julian Champagne leading the charge there. Patrick, what are your takeaways from this St. John's team knocking off Villanova and is definitely in a rhythm right now? Uh, Well, first off, as our resident Villanova fan, I was disgusted by their performance a few days ago. It just wasn't Villanova basketball. They were super rushed. They played really sloppy, a lot of turnovers, really bad defense. It just wasn't what they needed to do to win. But St. John's is really, really good. Like, to win five games in a row is impressive enough. But when you go and beat UConn at stores, you go and beat Marquette. Didn't they beat Marquette in Wisconsin? In Milwaukee? Yeah, in Milwaukee. They beat Marquette in Milwaukee. And then they go back home to Karnaseka Arena, the Lou. And they they beat number three ranked Villanova and the best team in the Big East. And that's a really impressive stretch. Like, even though Booknight is out for UConn, UConn's still a pretty good team. And Villanova was full strength. So to go and beat those teams is incredible. And shout out to Pasha Alexander, biggest freshman of the year in my eyes. He's unreal. Yeah, no, absolutely. Julian Champagne and Pasha Alexander. Julian Champagne averaging nearly 20 points a game this year. He's at 19 and a half and seven rebounds. The champ, the uh, champagne has produced some unreal basketball players. Yeah, both of them really having breakout seasons. We talk about mm-hmm. Julian, uh, who's definitely a contender for Big East Player of the Year uh, with the numbers he's been putting up. And then, obviously, uh, you just mentioned him, Posh Alexander, the freshman, who's been having a great season, averaging 11 for them. This St. John's team's really looking to be a, a solid basketball team. And, you know, Mike Anderson's kind of uh, seems like that he's got his team playing uh, their best basketball right when they need to. I mean, obviously, we've still got a little bit uh, over a month away from uh, March Madness, but I think it's good to start picking up some big wins now, some resume builders, uh, especially if they, because they, they are on the bubble. I mean, they have good wins. Uh, you know, they have wins against Villanova, Marquette, and UConn, but they also have some bad losses uh, like Georgetown and, and Marquette and Xavier. But 
not bad losses, but just, uh, you know, games that if you're looking for an at large bid, you know, you probably want to, you probably want to win those. So uh, St. John's on a roll looking for, I still believe they're on the outside looking in uh, in terms of uh, getting into uh, March Madness as a, as a at large bid, but St. John's, they look good. Uh, they've got another chance to make another statement win against Providence on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. So we'll see how that one uh, finishes up. But uh, moving on into another upset, into another upset. Uh, we can start with Houston and East Carolina. Houston oh looked like God. they were on fire. I mean, Houston had won. 10 games in a row, uh, and their only loss came to that one on the road at Tulsa by one. Uh, so they were 15-1. and one. They looked really good. But uh, East Carolina. Um, let's, get one thing, let's get one thing straight about Tulsa. They're good. Yeah. They're, they're very much a good team. And, like, that's always been kind of like a common misconception about them. They're a solid team. They're a solid program. They were good last year, finished fourth in the American Conference in a really good American Conference last year. But Houston, a top-five team at the time, should not be beating them by one. Yeah, They should be beating them by 10, 15. And then they go and lose to East Carolina. Which East was just so Carolina. It was just so surprising to me just because of how well they were playing. You know, I mean, obviously – a lot of hype surrounding, you know, their culture, their defense. Uh-huh. Uh, and they looked like they did have a good defense. I mean, they still have a top five defense of a fi- defensive efficiency, but East Carolina just walks in there uh, and scores 82 on a top five defense and um, and a good offense too. So uh, a well-rounded Houston team takes a, takes a loss. I mean, they've still obviously – I think Houston's still a top two seed regardless of the loss. Uh, they still have good wins against Texas Tech, South Carolina, SMU. They're going to have another chance. Uh, they're going to have two chances, I should say, to beat Memphis down the stretch. So, uh, you know, this one doesn't hurt Houston in the long run, but still kind of surprising. I mean, it could. I mean, it very much could. Yeah, if they pick up another couple of losses. But, I mean, I, I assume, I think that they'll beat Memphis twice. I assume they'll beat Cincinnati, which I'll stay. I think they they uh, run the rest of their schedule and uh, finish the season at, at what twenty two and two. I mean, it's kind of mm-hmm. weird. Only twenty four games this season, but uh, obviously we're still thankful for all the college basketball we have. It's just weird thinking of uh, these uh, high major teams only getting twenty four games in a year. But so Houston loses, uh, and that's not even that's not even the last upset of that evening. Nope. Uh, moving on Georgetown. Uh, if, if Patrick freaking Ewing can't turn it around, no one can uh, Kyle Boone, but we might be seeing uh, Georgetown being turned around this year. After dropping five straight decisions in the big East, they've bounced back since with two straight wins a 73-72 win against Providence, and then going on the road to Omaha, knocking off Creighton, a game that no one expected. At least I can mm-hmm. say that I didn't, just because. I didn't really expect it. Well, and the thing was, was we've seen Creighton lose to Butler this year, but Zagorowski didn't play. 
you know, and Mitch Ballack didn't play very well. You know, Denzel Mahoney didn't play great. They were full strength in this one. And yep. Georgetown just came and just knocked them off. 86-79 on the road. Uh, you know, they jumped down front up by five at half uh, and just, you know, continued their dominant stretch into the second half. And Georgetown's picked up two straight wins. Um, they're still looking pretty far on the outside end. They're going to need a pretty much a magical run yeah. uh, in their final 10 games or so. And then in the Big East tournament, I mean, they, you know, you can't lose five straight games and, and not have a signature win without this Creighton and expect to get in. But they've got Villanova. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be something if Georgetown wins three straight, haven't won three straight games all year? And they go and they beat Creighton and Villanova. And, and arguably their toughest stretch of the season, Providence, Creighton, Villanova. They pick up. Not arguably. Wins. I'd say that's definitely yeah. their toughest stretch of the season. And then even after Villanova, they play Creighton again. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, no easy task. But if they can go 500 in this stretch, they're going to be, I, they're going to be just fine. They, 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 they give themselves a chance. I think they give themselves a chance. I think that. I think they give themselves a chance because they're going to be playing good basketball. I don't think that they give yeah. like heading into but, the tournament. I don't think they, I mean, you're, you're still, they're still significantly, not significantly, but they're still, correct. they're still not a tournament team just yet. Yeah. They're five and eight. I mean, they've, you know, their, their wins are against two of their five wins are against UNBC and Compton state, you know? So, uh, you know, not really buying it yet. We'll see what they do against Villanova, you know, if they play good mm-hmm. basketball, We've uh, seen them. We've seen them manhandle Villanova, though, in the yeah. first half of their their uh, game against Villanova to open the Big East season for them. They dominated them in the first half. They were up by eleven and a half, yeah, and hard, Villanova obviously notoriously slow starters. They came back and won the game, but like they're their big. The key to their team is their big men. If their big men play well, then they're gonna play well. Yeah. Yeah, and they're, I mean, they're close. You know, they were five-point mm-hmm. loss to Syracuse, eight-point loss to Butler. It was much closer than that. Free throws extended that lead for, for the Bulldogs. But four-point loss to Marquette, you know, I mean, you're looking – and really only a nine-point loss to even West Virginia. So, I mean, you're looking – you know, they've obviously still got to get over that hump and win some games. You know, it doesn't count whether you're close or not, but – uh, yeah, yeah. Still, Georgetown kind of having a, a sneaky, you know, they're kind of in a good stretch right now. They are. Okay. And then our that'll do it for our upsets. Uh, but I, another team that we kind of need to, to discuss is Alabama because Alabama kind of had – It's an, so weird. Alabama had a really it's, interesting week because uh, on Saturday – in that Big 12 SEC challenge, they lost to Oklahoma without Austin Reeves, uh, which I'm a huge believer in Oklahoma. I think Oklahoma's a good team. You you have been for a while. And even in our Big 12 preview, you were high on them. And I, they lose to Oklahoma, which I don't think is a bad loss. But no. they come back and they beat LSU by 18, which, you know, they, have, they did it once. They beat LSU by 30 in January. And then, you know, they obviously I, – I personally thought that – uh, LSU was a better basketball team, but I mean, they've been dominant on those Alabama still 10. It's still worth noting. Alabama still 10 and 0 in sec play. Uh, they beat Tennessee. They beat Arkansas. They beat LSU beat Florida. Uh, so they're 10 and 0 
Uh, their only losses have come out of conference to Oklahoma, Western Kentucky, Clemson, and Stanford. But uh-huh. Alabama is still – what I should say is with Villanova's loss, it seems like Alabama has snuck into the one seed, which is really interesting ah. for me because I still I think Villanova's a better basketball team, and I think Alabama still has a lot of time to trip up. Uh, they've got a tough one against Missouri on Saturday, but you know that's really it. You know, you've got you can say you've got trap games on the road, but that's really all I'm looking at here. You know, you end the season with, you know, you've already played LSU well, they twice. Play, they, well, today they play a really good Missouri team. Yeah, and who I've been really high on all season. So it's sort of a, a, a clash between. Between not, me and Klein, it's definitely as far as Alabama goes. It's definitely their toughest challenge yet, but or not toughest challenge yet, toughest challenge still to go. Because uh, I mean, yeah. after that, Arkansas or Auburn is probably their toughest game. So uh, if Alabama can get through today, uh, they've got a very legitimate shot at a one seed, which is which is interesting. Nate Oates, you know, just took over this team uh, from Buffalo, and he's been, I mean have a top three defense in the country. I mean, that's just, you know, that's obviously not, not the typical SEC basketball you see, uh, but two really good defensive teams uh, with Alabama and Tennessee within that conference. So Alabama, a possible one seed, a team to keep your eye on uh, within February. Uh, not so much because they're going to be playing good games, but more so, more so to speak that, uh, you know, do they trip up? You know, you've got a couple of away games. You know, I could see, you know, a road game at South Carolina or a road game at Texas A&M. You know, I could see them tripping up and mm-hmm. possibly losing their one seed. But uh, another see, big – I, I personally don't see Alabama as a one seed. I don't think they're going to win the SEC championship, and I think that's really the only way they're going to be able to get the one seed because – Missouri's really good. Auburn, sneaky, sneaky good with the addition of Sharif Cooper. We saw them give Baylor a pretty good game. Uh, Tennessee, obviously still a really good team. Florida, obviously still a really good team. And the list goes on and on. The SEC has a bunch of sleepers that could take them down in the SEC tournament. I mean, right now, are they playing like a top four team in the country? 100%. But when it comes down to it, I don't think Alabama's going to be in that top four seed threshold by selection Sunday. I mean, they're really good. Don't don't get me wrong, but yeah. they're. I, I I just don't see them there. I still think Villanova could yeah. uh, I, make I their way back into the, the top yeah. four seed because they still have UConn twice. They still have Creighton. They still have. Yeah. Uh, and I think they a, still have. And Xavier. I think a they still part, have a lot of really good teams left to play. And I think a big part of it is, uh, Villanova on that pause. You know, Villanova's been yeah. on pause. Uh, what was it? Nearly a month long. Uh, it was. It was no. It wasn't nearly. It was. It was a month long. A month long pause. Uh, so obviously, don't a lot of games get canceled during that stretch. Uh, doesn't really definitely uh, hurts Villanova's resume uh, so far, especially when Alabama, who has kept COVID clean the entire year, hasn't even been uh, hasn't had one game canceled or rescheduled so uh they've they've played mm-hmm. 19 games already and it looks like that they're going to finish their uh regular season with with nearly 30 games so uh alabama 
Uh, interesting team in the SEC. Definitely a newcomer. We'll have didn't... to see what uh, what what our um uh, our our very own bracketologist Andrew Roberts has to say about the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, shameless plug right here. It means history. Co. Uh, our CBB three six five's very own bracketologist Andrew Roberts has just released uh, his January uh, version of the of of his bracketology. Uh, so you can check that out once again on itmeanshistory.co. Uh, Andrew, uh, definitely a great bracketologist, and we've uh, you can mm-hmm. you can definitely see it in his work uh, on the website. It has bubble watch, last four in, first four out, next four out, last four buys, all of it uh, at itmeanshistory.co. Uh, so be sure to check that out uh, on our website. Uh, so moving into mm-hmm. Uh, another, uh, you know, one of our last topics of the day, but uh, definitely an important one. Ohio State, who has been on an unbelievable surge uh, yeah, in the yeah. past month or so. Uh, they've won seven out of their last eight with their only loss coming by a two-point defeat against Purdue. Uh, in that stretch, they've beaten Rutgers, Illinois, Wisconsin on the road, and Iowa on the road. Now, this Ohio State team... To start the year, they didn't look like that they were all that, but they are coming together. They're playing great basketball. EJ Liddell, who's becoming a consensus All-American. All-American. You know, I would agree. Would, would we think that EJ Liddell would be saying we'd have EJ Liddell an All-American in the same sentence at the, at the beginning of the year? I personally didn't. I didn't even have him in my All-Big Ten. I think, the, I think the only sentence that we would have EJ Liddell an All-American is coming into the season is, E.J. Liddell is not going to be an All-American. Yeah, absolutely. But these last couple of games, he's he's playing like one. I mean, yeah. there's no other way to put it. Yeah, and he's, he's been He's been I, – I, been, I saw this TikTok where it said, you just got exposed by E.J. Liddell and yeah. Auburn's like frauds and Wisconsin frauds, Michigan State. Well, we know they're frauds. They they stink. Yeah. But um, uh, it's got to be good for you as a Michigan fan to watch Michigan State stink. Well, it is, but then you know you look at you look at the other end, and Ohio State's playing great basketball. You know, so I mean, it's. it's I'm so excited for the Ohio State Michigan games. That's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that'll be lucky. Michigan coming off a pause. It's gonna be one of their first games back coming off of this two three week. Oh right, I forgot they were when they didn't even have anyone test positive. Ridiculous, if you ask me. Health department recommendation to shut down. Don't really understand why they did that with zero positive cases. Go uh, off, King. Uh, apparently, it was a it was a field hockey player that traveled to UK and, and she came got back the new goat and had COVID and spread it, and then the health department wanted them to shut down because they had five student athletes test positive. But regardless, Michigan still goes into the pause. Uh, it's going to end up being a little bit longer than the than the original. Uh, two weeks because uh, I believe I read that J- Coach Jawan Howard uh, wants them uh, have a couple uh, have a couple practices, get their strength and get their conditioning back uh, before playing. They were gonna come. They were gonna come right off their pause, play Illinois the first game. It looks like that game is gonna be canceled. Uh, but still, Michigan Ohio State February twenty first. Put that on your calendar. That's a possible top. T- that could decide. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could potentially decide the Big Ten. Michigan still is, I would say, pretty pretty far ahead in the Big Ten. I mean, they're still eight and one, uh, and the closest one is two games back. Illinois, who's eight and three. So, 
uh, Michigan still still in it for uh, still in it for uh, winning the Big Ten championship. But we're gonna have Big Ten tournaments. Mm-hmm. We're gonna have conference tournaments. Uh, we've gotten yes, we are. We've gotten, we've gotten words from what. Uh, Big East. We've gotten words from the Big East, SEC, uh, Big, Big Ten. Ten. So Have we heard anything from the ACC? Still pending ACC, Pac-12, and uh, and Big 12. So uh, we'll see. The Pac-12, sorry. No, no. Uh, you know who's really good this year? Who's USC. Really good this year? Yeah, I mean. USC, the University of Southern California. They've played well. They Very had, impressive. They had, they had one loss to Oregon State, but other than that, since in the new year, they haven't lost. Uh, you know, they lost. They're December. really good. Isaiah and Evan Mobley both stepping up big time for them. Yeah, Mobley brothers, Chavaz Goodwin is playing good basketball. But no, I mean, definitely. I mean, I think USC is definitely the leader in the. Them in Colorado definitely lead the lead the Pac-12. But our guy uh, Oscar da Silva, but not so far behind the Stanford Cardinal. Yeah, I mean they they've had a rough stretch in the yeah. in in Pac-12 play. Uh, they're gonna get in if if Stanford does end up getting in. It's going to be because of their non-conference wins. Correct. They're they're uh, throttling up Alabama. Yeah, Al- Alabama, and then uh, you know they've Speaking. still got they've still got some chances. They've still got Colorado and USC on the schedule, uh, so we'll see about that. Speaking of another team that played at Maui, Texas yeah. got killed at home by yeah. Baylor, who in my eyes, by far the best team in the country right now. Their 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 resume is impressive. When you compare I, them, they're very similar. Very similar. Yeah. The, them them and Gonzaga. Gonzaga just hasn't played anybody in a while. And that, that's always what happens. Gonzaga starts the year out beating a bunch of ridiculous teams, but then they go yeah. in the conference play. And then they don't play any good teams for the rest of the year. And then Baylor goes into conference play playing against five or six ranked teams. And they're probably going to sweep all of them. So, like, you know, Baylor right now, they're good on offense. They're good on defense. They're really smart. They're disciplined. There is literally nothing that this team can't do. And it's so fun to watch. Like, right? Like them them and get – yeah, top three in offensive and defensive efficiency. That's absurd. Yeah. That's absurd. And they have the defensive player of the year in the Big 12. and uh, Jared Butler. Yeah, Jared Butler. And he's going to win Big 12 player of the year as well. So, like, it's – it's they're awesome. Yeah. They're, they're, they're the best team in the country right now. Like, they, they went on the road and played the sixth yeah. or fifth, fifth or sixth best team in the country, and they won by 14. Yeah. It's like always that, interesting. That just, it's it always interesting happen. to see Baylor. It seems like first half, you know, it'll be close. And then it just seems like second half, Scott Drew will just get them in the locker room. And then they just come out and they just say, like, enough's enough. And then they just win the second half by 15 points. It seems like it happens. Yeah, like numerous. They literally, they're like, they're like the Chiefs. Like, yeah. they turn it on when they want to. Like, we saw the Chiefs do that against the Bills. Like, it's just ridiculous just, that you can just do that. Able, yeah. And then it's not like, oh, Baylor's going to stink next year. No. Like, the next two years, they have ridiculous recruiting classes, too. Like, Scott Drew, like, he's got it going on in Waco right now. Yeah. No, I agree. 
We'll see. I mean, it looks like Baylor and Gonzaga, two locks in the final four, but uh, it's still March is March, you know, expect the unexpected. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Uh, Baylor took over, dethroned Gonzaga for the number one spot uh, in Ken Palm's uh, uh, measurements uh, within. As of right now, I'm the only person, I believe, in the CBB 365 top 25. Oh, no. Klein and I both have Baylor at the as the number one seed. And for the and for the first time all season in the CBB 365 top 25 poll, we have a new number one overall team. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, crazy. It, it, it's great. Hey, anarchy? Nope. College basketball. Yes, sir. Okay. So I think that that does oh, it. Uh, our one great takeaway. Uh, I know yours. Uh, all right, so we'll get, into our, we'll get into our one great takeaway right now with Patrick. NCAA video games are back, baby. Yep. Let's go. That's mine. We are so back, Adam. We yep. are back. Absolutely. Yeah, back. Because like, uh, uh, I know you've been playing You've been playing NCAA. You've been playing Road to Glory. Klein's been playing it on his computer with us on Zoom. We are so back, dude. I'm so excited. And this is going to mean a lot of things for the NIL because of that announcement coming. Maybe there's going to be a pending announcement on the NIL when it comes to players likeness. Yeah. I mean, we're still a couple of years out from the video game getting released, but this was mm-hmm. still a massive step for EA saying that they are uh, bringing back. the game back. Uh, we'll see what this means for a potential college basketball game uh, coming back uh, since I really only mentioned college football. I hope um, they bring the college basketball games back. Those were I, fun. I hope they do too. I hope they do too. And I think that they could develop them a lot since 2010. I mean, still 2010, Absolutely. it was still a fun game, but it was, uh, you know, the, the last game, the, I want to say Blake Griffin was on the cover. Yeah, of that Blake game. Griffin, 2010. Yeah. So, uh, NCAA, uh, video what about you, Adam? Are back. Uh, I mean, your my, one great takeaway? my one great takeaway. I mean, obviously NCAA being back is, is a huge one, but, uh, I'm going to do mine more on a funny note. Uh, this week, IU played Indiana – or, excuse me, IU played Illinois. Those are just the two – those are two of the same teams. But uh, Indiana played Illinois. And, I mean, it was a good game. Overtime win for Illinois, uh, 75-71. Uh, but my takeaway was uh, previous CBB365 guest, Dan Dockich, was on the call – and if you look mm-hmm. at his Twitter during the game, he's got <laughs> IU fans tweeting at him and asking him why he hates their team. And then <laughs> you move ahead down his timeline, and he's got Ill- numerous Illinois fans, numerous IU fans tweeting at him, asking him why he hates Illinois. Why does he hate <laughs> IU? And I think I think and then the, with just, um, Auburn when Sharif Cooper came back, yeah. he had Auburn fans tweeting at him, "Why do you hate Sharif Cooper? Why do you hate our team?" It's awesome, and the best I, part I, is, and I like, just during think, games yeah. and stuff, he'll just be he has a notif- keyword notifications on for Dad Dakin. So if anyone tweets about him, he's able to just respond. It's the best. And I think I think Dakin's is just a straight shooter, you know. I mean, he tells it like yeah, it is, and is. I think that's why he's where he's at right now. Uh, and people, our first you know, guest. So many announcers, yeah, it's, it's true. First guess of it's crazy how much we've uh, yeah, it is. evolved, but 
uh yeah i mean i just think Dodgers is a straight shooter and you've got so many commentators nowadays that just sugarcoat everything you know like one guy's not having a good night well oh you know like he'll he'll be back in the gym you know doc just tells it how it is he tells he, he, <laughs> he's like he's oh no he's awful yeah I mean, he says you know oh yeah this guy you know you talk about mark you watch him commentate marcus carr call minnesota game i mean it, it constantly you know, just destroy Marcus Carr for a shot slash. And he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But so many, you know, so many commentators would just say, oh, you know, like Carr's got that kind of range. Like he can knock that down. No, Doctor just says that's awful shot selection. So I think that just kind of that's our boy. Uh, so, yeah. So anyways, just that was my one uh, great funny takeaway from the week was both uh, Indiana. And, and this is not just a first time occurrence. I mean, this has been going on for years no. that, you know, everyone, everyone years, says, do- everyone says Dockage hates their team, but, uh, no, I it's mean, it was, like, it's yeah. kind of like, I'm a Joe Buck when Yankees fans and Cowboys fans always yeah. tweet at him during games. Like, why yeah. do you hate our team? Like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. but, uh, nah, so that's my one great takeaway. And I think that'll do it. Uh, one mm-hmm. last time, check out it means history.co uh andrew roberts cbb365 bracketologist his recent january bracketology is out um that's his first installment of many heading into march uh but i think that'll do it uh for this episode of cbb365 for producer jake klein co-host patrick dallahan i'm adam hipsky thank you all for listening we'll be back next week